At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. It is the Nightcap here on VSN. No, that is not Sean King. He has not won a Super Bowl, but uh, he is very knowledgeable. You don't know that. That's true. I, I, that's true. I do not know for a fact that Jim Root has never won a Super Bowl. I'll confirm it. I have not. Okay. That was, that was a good assumption. Uh, Sean King on assignment down at Cameron Indoor. Have you been to Cameron Indoor? No, that's that's very much on the bucket list. And he's going to get one with, with Coach Cade still in the building. That's that's good work out of Mr. King. We hope. Hopefully. True. I mean, I... I from all accounts, he was there post game after the illness and should be there uh, after they beat Wake Forest. So a little revenge spot for the Dukies uh, against Florida State. Uh, we will get into all of the Saturday games as the show goes on. But Jim Root, of course, the three man weave, checked him out. Uh, great, great content. Uh, they always give you. They've got podcasts. They've got videos. Uh, it is uh, it is very much uh, too much, too much stuff. Yeah, people people don't want to see us that much. That's all right. I mean, you guys, you handsome <laughs> fellas. Uh, at Second Chance Points is where you can find Jim on Twitter as well. Always kind to join us uh, throughout the college basketball season. And now it's it's go time. It is go time. Three weeks from Sunday is Selection Sunday, where Villanova will promptly be on the three line. And uh, I will have a big old cigar in my mouth saying, how you well doing? Earned. How well you earned. doing, Sean? <laughs> how you doing, Sean? I just love that I had to work into that six was a push. I was like, I don't think there'll be a six. Yeah, but I got you, a push. you negotiated the heck out of that, that when a, you were already in a strong position. I know that was a good one. It was, it was a good one. I was initially I was on six and a half, and then we 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 evened out at six was a push, but still feeling pretty good. Um, so let's talk some big boys. And do you are you a Seinfeld guy at all? Not not not, okay. not huge. There's a couple memorable uh, moments, and and I'm gonna call this segment real or fake. And uh, Terry Hatcher was one of uh, Jerry's many girlfriends one episode. And she was walking out the door because he wanted to know if uh, her breasts were real or fake. And uh, she goes, Jerry, they're real and they're spectacular. I, I do know that line. And then there was another <laughs> moment where Elaine was sitting at the diner. I won't tell you what they were discussing. You probably know. But she goes, fake, 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 fake. So we're, is this real or fake? So let's start with the big boys and we'll start with Gonzaga. And Gonzaga... They get a lot of grief. Uh, our most recent cigar bet, myself and Sean, was made yesterday. Will Gonzaga make the Final Four? I went yes. He went no. Um, the odds right now, as you see right there at DraftKings, they are a slight favorite to make the Final Four at minus 105. They are the favorite everywhere to win the national championship. And Jim, you know, it drives me a little crazy. I, I didn't go to Gonzaga. I have no allegiances to the school, but... It's such a ridiculous argument, and we still make it. I was like, okay, let me just go look up some things. There's been one team who's made six consecutive Sweet 16s. That's Gonzaga. There is one team who's made the Elite Eight in four of the last six tournaments, Gonzaga. There have been three teams that have made the Final Four 
three times in the last six years, Gonzaga, UNC, and Villanova. So uh, what are we doing here, folks? I, I just don't the, fully understand. The goalposts keep moving. Right. For a while, it was, oh, this team can't make the Final Four because of the WCC. And then they made the title game. And so now it's, it's moved all the way to they don't have a championship because they play in the weak WCC. They're not uh, a legit uh, national title contender, and it's it's all baloney to me. I, I... So tell us this team, Jalen Suggs is gone. Corey Kispert, they lost two lottery picks. Or I guess Corey Kispert was just outside the lottery. He was like 15, but still, two top half of the first round picks. And here they are again. They're 21 and 2. Yes, they did take a loss to, Gonzaga, uh, to Duke here in town, and they lost to Alabama, surprisingly. Uh, Texas Tech actually played them pretty well, even though Gonzaga ultimately won by 14. Make the case why they will win the national championship and make the case why they will not win the national championship. All right, here's why they will. They've got a defense this year. That, that Last year, that was their flaw. They didn't have any backline rim protection, and they struggled with keeping guards in front of them off the bounce. We saw that against Baylor, and really that's continued a little bit this year. That was part of their losses to, to Duke and Alabama was staying in front of really good drivers but they have one of the best rim protectors in the entire country. Now Chet Holmgren has really figured out his role next to drew Timmy. He's playing a lot more of a stretch big on offense and defensively. He takes everything away. He's so long, even though he looks brittle, he's actually more stout at the rim than you'd think. He's not just going to get pushed aside and adding that element to an already lethal transition offense. They push the ball better than anyone off of makes and misses uh, defensively. So the offense plus this added juiced up defense by having a, a top three pick in Holmgren uh, on the back line. I think that is what has set them apart and makes them a, a totally viable candidate to win it all and a justifiable favorite atop the odds board. So they're sitting at four to one. Very short odds, right? They're even shorter here at Circa. I think they're like 380 something. At that price, have we missed the boat? And if so, what would you recommend? How would you recommend betting Gonzaga? It's probably still okay, and he, it's only going to get shorter. That's the thing. I mean, they're, they're probably going to win out. They're probably going to win their conference tournament. And last year, they entered the NCAA tournament like minus 150 to win the title. Right. They, they got down to, yeah, it, it was too, too far. It went too far last year. But I think 4-1, to 5-1, to one, if you can find that out there, is probably a decent value right now because we know – that they're clicking. We know that the Holmgren piece has worked in the beginning of the year. There was still some uncertainty with that, but I think we've seen them come together as a true contender and the young guards have really developed off the bench. It, it, they're the best team. Real or fake Arizona, Arizona eight to one right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. Number two in Ken Palm. They are rattling off wins left after right since the UCLA game. They've won seven in a row. Uh, you got to see them here in Vegas. I saw them as well when I believe they were an underdog to Michigan, if memory serves me correct, or maybe a slight favorite. I can't remember. Uh, but they won that game going away. It almost felt like that game, the Roman Classic, was like, oh, wow, Arizona, they're pretty good. We might want to watch out for them. Arizona, 8-1 to one now, pretty short number, real or fake? They're real. I wouldn't recommend 8-1. to one. I, I can't believe they're now the second ranked in the odds that that's a little rich for my blood, but this team is awesome. I, I think you're, you're mentioning that Michigan game. That's when they realized it too. They, they kind of wiped off the board, a team that had all these preseason accolades and the, the fun they were having on the court. They're like, wow, we're, 
We're pretty good at they're it. They're huge, monstrous. Like you, you. They're, they they're are intimidating to watch. Walk off the bus. Yes, kind of I was team. just about to yep. say that. Yeah, yep. you, you see them and you're like, oh wow. Like they, they've got pro caliber size. Their wings are big. Their guards are big, uh, and, and they've kind of done what Gonzaga did. That they've done that to the Pac-12. And there's only like two or three other tournament teams in the Pac-12, and they've run through it, blown people out left and right. And I, for some reason, they're not getting the same flack as Gonzaga hmm. because WC still still has that reputation, but uh, they don't have like a ton of awesome high-level wins that at Illinois won. The home versus UCLA is probably the, the top two. Um, but I, I believe in the talent of that roster. I believe in the coaching, Tommy Lloyd coming over from Gonzaga. And I, I think they have a very clearly defined style. And, and I like that entering the tournament. Kentucky. Kentucky is a team... I feel like I missed the boat. You really could have got some nice odds not that long ago. At DraftKings right now, they sit at 9-1. to one. They have the th- third shortest odds. Shorter than Auburn, shorter than Duke, Kentucky, 9-1, to one. real or fake? It all depends on Mr. Ty Ty Washington. That is, that is the ultimate swing injury from the national title picture right now. When he's on the court, they're incredible. And when he's fully healthy, mm-hmm. too. They were up at Auburn, they yep. were up at LSU, and he got hurt in both of those games. Uh, he tried to play at Tennessee and just clearly wasn't healthy in that situation. So I hope that they rest him over the next week or two, get him fully healthy, because for them, for Kentucky, the NCAA tournament's what matters. Not a couple games at the end of February. Getting a national title run, a Final Four run under Calipari, that's what matters. So I think they're going to be focused on that goal, and maybe – They'll take a loss or two, and we'll see the odds come back a little bit. Yeah, I was listening to uh, Gary Parrish. Uh, he was doing, I think it was on his podcast, Gary Parrish from CBS, and he was doing sidelines for that Kentucky-Auburn game. And he he recalled saying, I, I I said he was fine because he kept telling the trainers he was fine. That's Ty Ty Washington. So it seems like that's his mentality where, and Coach Cal, if memory, if memory serves me correctly, he said in the Tennessee game, I, I shouldn't have played him, right? I mean, yeah. so I, I would say, by the way, just looking ahead to tomorrow, I think Alabama, I mean, who the hell knows what you're going to do with Alabama, uh, but they're they're catching seven in this spot. I don't think, Ty Ty's not playing. No, I, I would be stunned if he played. So Alabama is obviously that, that ultimate crapshoot team, but you know, they lost by 11 in Tuscaloosa. I think that's a spot maybe to look to take some points with Alabama. I am on board with that. Alabama shot three for 30 in the first game from beyond the arc. And this isn't as good a shooting team as last year for Alabama, not even close. But three for 30 is insane. They're, that, that's an outlier. They're going to be much better tomorrow. And we have seen that angle, Tim, where the team lost at home. Now they're going on the road. Mm-hmm. That revenge factor, I think, is even stronger than coming back home. I, I, just, I just think for some reason the mentality of the team going back home is oh, we've already beaten this team at their place. There might be a little bit of complacency, a hesitancy to make adjustments. And Alabama, I think, will come in there. Uh, very, very strong effort. Sneak one in here, uh, final minute. We, we could carry this over to the next break with Jim Root. Auburn, real or fake? Real-ish. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> their, their guards give me some concern. I think we talked about it before uh, with, with you and Sean when I was doing a, a guest appearance. They can get erratic from the perimeter, and they've had some really shaky performances on the road, the near loss to Missouri, the near loss to Georgia. Mm-hmm. When they're at home, they're incredible. This is, you're, you're gonna, this lost be, at Arkansas. Yep. This will be a good comparison to Texas Tech. They're, they're unbelievable at home, but on a neutral court in the tournament, maybe they're not going to have that same kind of juice. That line tomorrow just saying a little, little stinky. Florida only a four-and-a-half-point dog against this Auburn team. 
seems, uh, I think, I, I, I have to uh, take a hunch where the public will be. I'm getting Auburn only as a four-and-a-half-point dog at Florida, who's 16-10, and 10, has lost two straight. Be careful. Be careful oh, yeah. about oh, yeah. that spot. So, much more real or fake some of the premier teams. Also, Jim sees some value in the player of the year market. We'll hit on that as well on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Jim Root, Second Chance Points. Follow him on Twitter. It's the Nightcap here on VEASAN. This is the Nightcap on VEASAN, the sports betting network. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Jim Root, three-man weave at Second Chance Points on Twitter. Frequent guest of our show, kind enough to sit in with me as, uh, you know, it's a light night in uh, in the sports world. Obviously, the NBA on uh, All-Star break. And it's, it's time, folks. If you're not already locked in, it's time to get ready. Here comes the sprint for college basketball. Uh, and, uh, you know, people might be thinking about futures bets, and that's why I wanted to do this real or fake uh, segment. A couple more we'll run through quickly because I know you see some value in the Wooden Award market. Or do. Um, Duke. Sean is there, headed to uh, Cameron Indoor. They are, look, if you want to, you know, to steal a phrase from Scott Van Pelt, how good is your good? We saw their best, and they beat Gonzaga on a neutral floor. Uh, they played really good. They've got a future pro, uh, or not future pro, they got plenty of future pros. They've got Paolo Boncaro, who could be the number one overall pick. Uh, Keels is just a bowling ball that can dominate people. They've got size. Uh, I know the guard play worries uh, my co-host quite a bit. Duke at 13 to 1, real or fake? Uh, I'm I'm lukewarm on okay. Duke. Uh, like you said, their best is unbelievable. Like the, the Bart Torvik, uh, an advanced stats website, he, he tweeted a graph today of teams their performance against top 50 opponents, and no one gets better than Duke. They, they play up to that competition. Fought against Gonzaga. They blew out North Carolina on the road. Kentucky to start the season. Yep, great. Another great example. But they've had some lapses. They're a young team at home. They lost to Miami, Florida. They nearly lost to Wake Forest just this past lost week. Lost to Virginia. Lost to Virginia, yep. And those are all off of big performances. So I'm nervous about them maintaining six straight games of locked-in focus they feel like a team that if they can get by a second round game against a tough seven seed, mm -hmm. then maybe they're going to be really dialed in to go down the stretch. But I'm just a little shaky on their point guard play, like your, your normal co-host, Sean, um, and also just the focus. It's got to be constant for them. They can't have defensive lapses. And if, if memory serves me correctly, of the five national championships that Coach K has won, they have never been anything other than a one seed. All five of those titles, 91, 92, 01, 10, and 15, they were a one seed. That is a great pull. I didn't realize that, so, and, and it makes sense now. They're not going to be a one seed. No, they're not going to be. A, I mean, this, with their resume, I mean, I know they have the Gonzaga win and the Kentucky win looks look great, but they got some bad losses, man. So, um, yeah, we will see. I, I'm kind of with you at 13 to 1, certainly a pass. Uh, I'll say our, this next team, they're, they're fake to me because they're so bad defensively, and it's just hard to trust them. Purdue. Uh, that's, ex that's exactly what it is. They'll, they're going to be a one seed more than likely. I, I, they're kind of teetering a little bit here. They could take some losses, but at 10 to one, no thanks, man. I, I don't want anything to do with it. You can't, 
be that poor defensively, Jim, and win a national championship. Yeah, this archetype of a team with one a top five offense, they're just number one in the country, and a bad defense has not been a good recipe. Iowa last year is a great example, lost in the second round because they could not stop Oregon. And the 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 ultimate example of it, Tim, is my alma mater back in 2012. <laughs> Missouri Tigers, number one offense in the, the entire Norfolk country, State. playing small ball, lost in the first round to a 15 seed because they could not stop. Norfolk State gave up, I think, like 89, 90 points to a MEAC team. So that is the concern here. They have the top-end talent. They have an NBA draft pick. They have that rotating monster inside with Williams and Edie. But if they're not going to get stops, they can't stop pick and roll in space, then they're, they're, they could get exposed. Let's get to Baylor, the defending champs. Um, you know, took a loss earlier this week. Uh, you can't go to Lubbock and win. It's just a proven fact. Uh, yep. it's, it's impossible to do. Uh, but you know, they they lose uh, they lose Big John. You can go ahead and say his last name, um, Chachua. There you go. Uh, so, but they they did get L.J. Cryer back, which is huge uh, for them. He's been sidelined for for a while. So Baylor, twenty one and five. Ken Palm likes them. They're top five in Ken Palm. Uh, you know, top 20 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. Baylor at 15 to one, real or fake? A little bit fake. Yeah. Just the, the, no, no JTT really hurts him. I call him Cha-Cha if you want to steal that one. It's an easy <laughs> nickname, works real well. Uh, but he was a, a, a tone setter for them. Like the physicality, he brought the effort. He was a, a great guy for that kind of a, a team that is really guard heavy without him. They're going to play up and down a lot now. Maybe some small ball with Matt Myers, kind of the, the nominal center or some of their freshmen. But this is a younger team than last year. They're not quite as dynamic in the backcourt. And, and losing that kind of a heart and soul guy like JTT, it's, it just puts them a little bit below, uh, behind the eight ball for me. A little bit later on in the show, we're going to have a little fun. And we're going to keep tabs on this. We're going to do a draft. This is why you, we were doing this before the draft. You're taking notes. Absolutely. Now. Yeah. yeah. See? I'm a, I'm a veteran in this. I get all the insight. Now I'm going to get the draft picks. Uh, but we're going to do a, a futures draft where we'll go back and forth. We'll use the, you could pick any three teams, uh, but then you have to get creative at the end. So uh, we'll do that a little bit later on. Have a little competition, uh, and we'll we'll see what will we'll ultimately be on the line. Final one before we get to uh, some value you see in the Wooden Award market. Kansas. I have a future on Kansas at fourteen to one. That market has not really moved. It's actually, you can get better numbers now. <laughs> I thought I was getting a steal at 14 to one. Not so much, but it's Bill Self, man. And he just wants his team, kind of like you said with Kentucky, he just wants his team to be peaking come mid-March. Kansas, real or fake? Uh, I, I've had a hard time with them. I took them 18 to one preseason and thought I was getting a steal. And they basically hung around that number all season. Remy Martin was supposed to be the key for them. Preseason Big 12 player of the year. Yeah. Doesn't even start. Yeah. He's been dealing with a knee injury too. So they've got the same thing as Kentucky with a point guard that can't get healthy. It just hasn't really clicked for them yet. And maybe it will in March, but I haven't been sold with some of their efforts. So I think they're a legit top 10 team, but envisioning them winning six in a row in March, unless like Baji goes absolutely nuts. It's, it's hard for me to do it. Well, speaking of that uh, that gentleman, Ochi Abaji, the uh, leading scorer for Kansas, no doubt going to be a first-team All-American, but will he be the top dog? Will he win the Wooden Award? Let's take a look at the uh, the current odds at DraftKings. Oscar Tashibwe, who, I mean, his numbers are just a joke. Uh, <laughs> 16 and 15 uh, points per game and rebounds per game, respectively. He is the favorite at plus 140. Kofi Coburn coming back for another year, 21 and 11 uh, for the Illinois Center. Then Oche Abaji sitting at plus 850, 19 
0.9 points per game, five and uh, five and a half rebounds per game. Then you start to get a little bit down. A name that, you know, and this is the one I think I'm going to tee you up on. Johnny Davis from Wisconsin sitting at 12 to one. Are you surprised by these odds? I was stunned when I saw them. It, it, everything, the the kind of college basketball ether that I live in, it's like, oh, it's probably Davis or Shibwe. So to see the odds where it's they're telling you he's probably not going to win, that's shocking to me. Uh, in the past, the, the award winners, typically on a one or a two seed, Wisconsin is right on that cusp. Mm-hmm. Their, their resume is fantastic. So they could be a three or a two seed. And Tim, this thing, this is what surprised me about Shibwe. Since 1980, only three players of the year winners have averaged less than 18 and a half points per game. It's always a score. It's almost always somebody that's averaging 20 a game. That was Anthony Davis. He had the crazy shot blocking numbers. Uh, Elton Brand and TJ Ford, the only three that were not averaging 20 a game. So despite Shibay's dominant rebounding, I think you look for somebody who can score. And Davis has had the national TV performances. He had, they won the Maui Invitational against Houston here in Vegas. He had the game at Purdue where he had 37 and 15. He just won at Indiana with 30 points, closed him out. They won at East Lansing at Michigan State, and he had a great game. He has been the, his best in their biggest games, and I think that's made an impression on people. So I, I think Davis should be up there at maybe 5-1, to one, and 12-1 to one is great value. So just looking at the schedule, and this is, you know, kind of handicapping the Heisman market, and, and you know, Back in early October, I said, look, C.J. Stroud's going to have his opportunities. Now, ultimately, he got to be the favorite, and then they lost to Michigan, and I had a great ticket until it wasn't. Uh, But it allowed me to get in on Bryce Young at plus money. But the reason I bring that up is, to your point, right, on Sunday, you know, you look at Saturday's slate, it's loaded. Uh, But Sunday, you've got Michigan and Wisconsin on big CBS at 1 o'clock Eastern. I mean, that is prime time. He goes at home and beats Michigan, uh, even though Michigan's kind of having a down year. Big game there. That could help catapult him. Uh, some off-the-radar games. Granted, you go to the rack and you win, which is... Uh, no one does no that. No one does that. <laughs> Hell, if he does that, he should win alone, right? Kofi Coburn couldn't go into the rack nope. and win. Nope. Uh, then that Tuesday night in March, he's got Purdue, and that is huge. So I think there's a lot of opportunities. Yeah, and at 12-1, to 1, if you're able to find that, uh, and it's at DraftKings, I, I, I agree. I so let's just remove the odds. Is Oscar Tashibwe the player of the year right now? I guess. He doesn't really feel like it to me, though. Like, he's not a guy that you can run your offense through. He just has unbelievably gaudy rebounding numbers. He, he's better at rebounding than anyone is at any other skill in the country. He, he's incredible. But that doesn't feel like a national player of the year for me. That just feels like, wow, let's ogle his, his box score stats. Uh, he, he's not like carrying that Kentucky team. It's more the backcourt. See, look, look what happens when Ty ties out. I think that's so, a good point, though. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not that staple for them the way Johnny Davis is. When he's out, they stink. They lose at home to Providence. So I, I think he's the more valuable and, and should be the, the award winner there. All right. If you're out there, Ty Ty or Ty Ty Washington. <laughs> Johnny Davis, 12 to 1. Certainly worth a flyer uh, there at DraftKings Sportsbook. Well, speaking of the Big Ten, Wisconsin in the thick of it to try to win the Big Ten regular season. We'll take a look at some of those odds. Jim Root hanging out with me, riding a co-pilot tonight. It is the nightcap on Visa. This is the nightcap on Visa, the sports betting network. We'll be right back.
Need more college basketball insight? Check out the podcast Coast to Coast Hoops. Greg Hoops-Peterson will look at every major and some of the minor college basketball games in the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. Greg has an opinion on every single college hoops game of the season. And on this podcast, he provides his unique insights and looks for those games that have solid betting opportunities. Download Coast to Coast Hoops now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. While, while, you are, while you are there, easy for me to say, we got every vcin show as well. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Jim Root. I am Tim Murray. No Sean King on assignment, checking out the Dukies. And, uh, you know, when you say a Duke stat, you better make sure you're right. Uh, I was uh, I was incorrect, so I apologize. Thank you to uh, Mike Zills on Twitter. I said that all five of Duke's championships came when they were a one seed. In 91, their first title, they were actually a two seed. Oh. 91, they were a two. Or, sorry, 91, they were a one. 92, one. 01, 10, 15. Did I get them all? Yep. Yep. All five. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Uh, by the way, the 1999 Duke team, I think I think the most dominant college basketball team never to win a title, or not to win a title that year, I should say. 91 UNLV, and then right behind it is the 99 Duke team. That team. That was UConn, right? Oh, yeah. That was when I, uh, the only pool I've ever won. Really? The pool in my life was because I picked UConn that year, and. I didn't even get to watch the game. I was forced to go to bed, woke up the next morning to find that Rip Hamilton had gotten it done for me and was able to buy a Game Boy before spring break. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, will, I, I will not confirm nor deny uh, that young Tim Murray might have cried after that game. I might, you know, oh. might have happened. Here's a joy? I was, big, just big Duke I, I was a big Duke fan as a kid. Okay. Grant Hill, I was from the area. And, uh, I got it. I was I a Duke it. fan. And then I got to high school. And, you know, I'm from Maryland, and everyone's like, why are you a Duke fan? I was like, I don't know. They talked you out of it. That's and I was good. like, it was a good run, Duke. I mean, look, I, I went to Duke games, never went to Cameron. Uh, but uh, that team in 99 was something, man. Whew. All right. Um, let's get to some conference odds. By the way, if you're wondering, we will get to the full slate, big slate tomorrow. Uh, I've already made one bet uh, and more to come. Uh, but there's one game that really jumps out. Hey, how you doing? Hey, there you are. Um, taking a look at some of the conferences that are up for grabs in the regular season. Let's start with the Big Ten. We were just talking about Wisconsin uh, and uh, and Johnny Davis. Good bet at twelve to one to win the Wooden Award. Oscar Tshibwe from uh, Kentucky, your favorite right now, but Johnny Davis at twelve to one. Is this a correlated situation, Jim? Where if you think Johnny Davis could win Wooden Award? Is it worth a look at three to one for Wisconsin to win the Big Ten? I don't know about three to one. I, I'm not extremely pumped about those odds. They do get Purdue at home, which is big. Mm-hmm. Purdue's the favorite, and you get them at, at, at your place. But I'm a little worried Purdue's going to be on the, the warpath for revenge after they won at Mackey Arena earlier this season. Uh, so I actually kind of I, I like the two dogs a little further down the board. Okay, so we got Illinois uh, at seven to one. And is this right? Ohio I, State at three. 30, okay, 30 to 1, 30 to 1. So Illinois had had the same reaction. Yeah, I'm like, what? Yeah. All right, Illinois 7 to 1, Ohio State 30 to 1 to win the Big Ten. What about those two teams? So, yeah, I I just kind of like the schedule for both of them down the stretch. Ohio State, four of their six remaining games are at home, and they've only got one tough roadie, and that's at Illinois. So if you think they can win at home and take care of business, they're tied in the loss column right now. It's not like they need teams to come back to them. They can go 5-1 and one down the stretch. I think they're going to be right there. 
I, I obviously, I think these pay out to the one seed of the conference tournament. So mm-hmm. if you end up tied, that, that could be a little bit tricky. Right. But for a team that is, like I said, tied in the loss column and has a bunch of home games down the stretch, 30 to one, I don't hate that. And they have a potential player of the year caliber guy too that just hasn't gotten the national TV games the way that Davis has. Liddell's been terrific for them. Uh, and then Illinois, I think their schedule is just as good as Wisconsin or Purdue's, as winnable. So seven to one, I'm just, this is a pure value looking at that. The only tricky part about Illinois, and I think we talked about this a little bit with Sean earlier in the week, they they got swept by Purdue. So if they were to be tied, Purdue's getting the number one seed. So just that, I mean, that's why you're looking at Purdue at minus 250. Let's just peek at Purdue's schedule here uh, because you mentioned uh, since the Michigan loss, which, man, what a great spot to be in Michigan. Um, they, they play the other three teams that they've lost to. So they play Rutgers at home, who is uh, their – I'm trying to think of a good analogy. They're Superman at home and they're, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants on the road. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, what's the, who's the guy that eats the, the spinach? Why can't I think of it? Popeye. He's Popeye without the spinach. I gotcha. Yes, there yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Michigan State on the road, Wisconsin on the road, and Indiana at home. I mean, that's not a, I mean, Rutgers is an NCAA tournament team right now uh, because of, you know, their crazy resume. So it's not a walk in the park for Purdue. The fact that they do have that uh, tiebreaker against Illinois, but you know, for Wisconsin, right? They beat, if they go and win that game, then uh, Wisconsin has a tiebreaker. Yeah. That's really tough for Purdue. If they lose at Wisconsin, get swept, uh, Wisconsin then would be ahead of them. In the loss column, theoretically, we just don't know what Wisconsin's going to do in the other games. I'm curious to see how the, the revenge angle works for Purdue because they've already lost to Rutgers. They've already lost to Wisconsin, already lost to Indiana. This is going to be their little revenge tour to hopefully also get a Big Ten title. But I don't like those odds. Minus 250, not worth it. Conference that uh, because our show is on when it is, we get to watch a lot of this conference. And it's been a hell of a fun ride to watch these games. It's been frustrating at times with some of these uh, Friday night beats. No, Why is there no Mountain West games tonight? That's a great question. I'm, I'm, usually, I'm honestly not sure. Usually Friday nights, I'm sweating out something in the MWC. I feel a little empty inside. That there's no Maybe it's good for my psyche that there is no uh, awful beat coming with uh, you know Fresno State or something like that. But uh, Boise State right now sitting at 11-2. and two. It wasn't that long ago they were undefeated in conference play. So uh, Boise State, Wyoming, Colorado State, San Diego State. Real quickly before we just dive into this. Are all four of those teams dancing? From what I can tell, and I, I hosted the, uh, the Field of 68's Bracketology show today. Promote it. 68. Uh, they had both, both bracketologists on the show had San Diego State as their last team in. Okay. So they are hoping for no bid stealers. It's just, it's a kind of a blah resume. And they, they need to add to it down the stretch. Yeah. For San Diego State, great defensive team. Uh, they're number one in the country in Ken Palm. They're the uh, opposite of Purdue. Right. Yes. yes. To like outside the top. If you could, if you could combine play. Purdue and San Diego State together, man, that is one superpower. You're uh, winning the national title. <laughs> there. Yep. Uh, but they've kind of gotten a roll here. Uh, they've won four in a row. They sit at eight and three. They got 25 to one odds to win the Mountain West Conference. Uh, down the stretch, they've got Boise, uh, two games against Fresno. Actually, a pretty manageable schedule. Uh, they will be. They are a dog, I believe, against Fresno. I think one point dog uh, on the road at Fresno tomorrow night. Uh, they they go to Boise where there'll be a dog, but then you end it, you know, San Jose State. They go on the road to Wyoming, so it is tricky. Um, anything in San Diego State at twenty five to one 
eight and three. So some COVID situations. So they got to make up a lot of games here down the stretch. Yeah. And that's the tough part is jamming all those games into this late schedule. That, that's probably something I should have mentioned with Ohio state too. Right. Yeah. They have a ton of games. Um, yeah. And, and the, the issue for San Diego state is Matt Bradley has been dealing with an injury. He is their offense when he's not on the floor. They cannot score both creating for others and scoring himself. So if I'm not confident in his health, I'm pretty nervous about that, that schedule stretch where they go on the road a bunch to the other contenders. So let's get to Wyoming because this is a, a team that I, I've bet on a lot. Uh, I, I think I'm trying to think of the game I faded them and did not work. I think it was at Fresno State. Maybe that was the game I faded them and did not work. Uh, but they finally, their run of just close wins came to a close, right? They, they had a stretch from losing at Boise State. They beat Air Force by two, won in overtime, won, uh, beat Boise State in a revenge game. Uh, we were on that, so good win. Fresno State by two, overtime against Utah State. San Jose State, they thumped, everyone thumped San Jose State, and they lost in New Mexico at the pit. So they're back at it tomorrow. They play Air Force. Down the stretch, Wyoming, Colorado State on the road, Nevada, San Diego State, UNLV here in Las Vegas, close against Fresno State. Per Ken Palm, they're projected to go 5-1 and one down this stretch. They are the favorite to win the conference at minus 105. Enough wiggle room to look at minus 105? I don't think so. I, it, honestly, the one I like on this board is Colorado State, and that because they get to host Wyoming, we, we just talked about that that schedule for Wyoming. They're not a deep team either. They've got a lot of games down the stretch. Still six left to play. I, I, I think they'll probably drop two. I know they're they're favored in five of them, but it just feels like they, they'll probably drop two losses. And Colorado State gets them at home. They've only got four games remaining. One back in the loss column. If they can get that Wyoming win. They also get Boise at home, the other team that's above them in the odds. I kind of like that setup for Colorado State with the way their schedule sets up. For them. Real quickly, before we hit a break, Jim, who wins the Atlantic 10? Davidson is the odds-on favorite, minus 210. VCU, big win tonight. And uh, Dayton at plus 380. I think it's going to be Davidson. It's the yep. boring answer. I tried to give more fun answers that's than the fine. other conferences, but this one I think the favorite wins. Yeah. Davidson, man, that's a team. I, I think we should uh, we should discuss Davidson, but here's the thing. Come the bracket, everybody says, oh, I know that team. They're going to upset the three seed. You don't know them, but we're going to tell you about those teams on the other side. The mid-majors to watch, so you are prepared in three weeks. It's the nightcap here on VSIN. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSIN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April 4th. For only 29 bucks. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, and the upcoming college hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year. You don't want to miss out. Visit vsin.com slash madness. Jim Root hanging out with us tonight as Sean King down at Cameron Indoor for tomorrow night's game. Uh, against Florida State. I would love to see him at Krzyzewskiville, like, camping out, 
You know, oh, I'm sure he is. I'm right? sure. Yeah, yeah. Among the people, yeah. Former former NFL quarterbacks love to uh, sleep in tents the night before <laughs> basketball games. Um, uh, you're you're everywhere, man. So let the people know uh, you're doing great stuff. Uh, Field of 68 is a uh, is a great college basketball community. You and the, the Weavers are part of that too. So yeah, let, let the folks know. Yeah, yeah, we've got our daily show, uh, Best Bets, on there. That's at 1 p.m. Eastern on weekdays, 11.15 a.m. on weekends. Usually we're off Friday, Sunday, just because the slates are small. Um, and then also I'm hosting the After Dark show that's on SiriusXM Radio. Nice. Uh, next next week, a couple times. Very so cool. Getting in, uh, I'm going to try to do what you do and get get really the, the stage presence that you have, if I can. You know? <laughs> it's a lot, a, lot, a lot to work up to. No, it's not. It's not. It's <laughs> not that much. All right. Uh, you know, this, I, I love... I, I mean, the NCAA tournament, you know, that 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 first weekend, it's one of my favorite, if not the favorite couple days of, of, of the year, right? And Selection Sunday is one of my favorite days, too. And I used to love it in college. Uh, you, you have the guy in your dorm be like, oh, yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, UW-Milwaukee going to the Sweet 16. I'm like, How? you haven't watched a second of them. So we don't want that to happen to our listeners. We want our listeners to know about every team that lands on a particular seed line, and and are they worthy of an upset? And everything I know is matchup based, but let's get to some teams that you really like, and a team that I believe has the most prolific record in college basketball right now, and a wonderful name, if I do, Murray State, the Racers. Yeah, twenty-five and two. Before we get to them. And, and whether they can win, do they get in if they lose the OVC championship game? They will. Okay. They, they have they have done enough. Uh, they've put stacked all the wins together. They haven't taken a single bad loss. Presumably, the OVC title game would be Belmont or Moorhead State, and I think they can take a loss there and, and still get in. If anyone else had uh, uh, Moorhead State like I did uh, last Saturday, uh, my condolences. That was a horrifying beat. Uh, but pain. Such is life. Such is life. All right, three games left in the regular season. I think they're one of the first. Bit, uh, are they the first? OVC is the first one. The decided. first. Yep. Yeah. So you'll get to watch that game like in two Saturdays. Uh, the OVC championship. So, uh, the, by the way, for those watching on Vsin.com, the uh, the the projected seed is via the website Bracket Matrix, which is a really great website where it takes all of the bracketologies, puts them together, and spits out the average. And Murray State is on a nine line. So what about Murray State? I know you really like this Murray State team. Can the Racers make a run? Absolutely. They, they are really, really good. They've got athleticism, which is rare for a team coming out of mid-major uh, world. they got athleticism and size. They've got depth. They've got shooting. They really have all the pieces in it. You know, it makes sense that they're 25-2, and two, but they went to Memphis, uh, the full-strength Memphis, and beat them. Monty Bates, Duran, all that. Yeah, DeAndre Williams is playing. That's the better version of Memphis, and they won there. They only lost by 13 at Auburn. That's a little bit of a misleading result. They were down by 20 most of the game, but those are the only two teams that have. Uh, that's the only one of the only teams that's beaten them this year. So they have shown a little bit ability to play up. That Memphis game, I think, is going to resonate quite a bit down the stretch here. They wiped out Belmont on the road. That, that's their competition in the league, and they went there and won. Uh, so the fact that they have guard play, they've got a sophomore that can really create in Juice Hill. They got a big man, 6'10", 245, that can compete with high major size inside. And they've got a shooter that's made 400 threes in his career already, Tevin Brown. They've got all the pieces. They've got size, athleticism. It, it, it adds up to a team that 
is like 2020 or excuse me 2019 Wofford mm -hmm. it was a seven seed and gave Kentucky everything oh. it could handle in round two I think Murray can do that this year yeah and what do you think and I know you were doing a bracketology show earlier today so let's say you know they, they're undefeated in conference play let's say they win that conference they win their conference tournament so they're looking at what like a 31 and 2 record do they get up to this? I would love for Murray State to avoid the the eight nine game. I think they can get to a seven. Yeah, I, I think they're probably a little closer than Bracket Matrix has them right now, or, or at least you know some of the bracketologists I work with that have them up on the eight or seven line. If they win out, I, I think they'll be at a seven. All right, so Murray State, a name to keep on the radar. Another team, and I know you've got a a future on them to win the MAC, and that's uh, the M A C. That is the Iona Gales, coached by the one and only Rick Pitino. Iona, Rick Pitino, our guy, is uh, he's won a lot of games in the NCAA tournament. But it's not just Pitino alone, right? I mean, they, they've won. They've, they've got some nice wins this year. How good are, is Iona? And if they win the MAC, can they cause some havoc? I, I definitely think so. Um, they, they beat Alabama already this season in a rematch from the NCAA tournament last year. I think that showed us the ceiling their starting backcourt is a guy that started at Tulsa and a guy that started at SMU. Like these are high major guards. They've got the talent there. An incredible defender in Jean-Louis. He's their, their wing defender. And then a, a great big man in Nellie Jr. Joseph. So they have, like I said, with Murray State, size, athleticism, shooting. They've got pieces. And man, the, the coaching edge, you're going to have it in just about every game with Rick Pitino on the sideline. So you add that together with a team that has shown the ceiling to beat a high major team already. I think Iona's got got the goods to be uh, Cinderella. We've seen this team in the NCAA tournament many a times before, and they've they've been a chic upset special. I don't recall if they've ever pulled off an upset yet, but man, this team can shoot. Yeah, they had an at-large way back in 2012 where they were in the playing game against BYU and they blew a 25-point lead oh. to BYU. It was painful. It, it was one of the wilder games I've ever watched, but uh, they've this team is good. They, they can defend with Patino, and they've got offense too. Well, this next team, uh, they can shoot. Uh, and this is a team that I always love backing teams that can shoot because you just never know. They could fall flat on their face and be terrible and get blown out, or they could get red hot and, you know, pull off an upset. That's the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. Projected right now to be a 13 seed. Uh, I believe they're the most prolific three-point shooting team in the country. Uh, so if you're playing, you know, you're a high major and you're facing South Dakota State, that's not going to be a fun situation the Jackrabbits, can they win a game or two? Definitely. They're shooting 44% from three. And obviously I'm endorsing a bunch of these mid-major teams here, but when you're looking at a, an upset potential, you want high variance. You want a lot of potential outcomes to happen because the talent level's a little lower, sure. of course, than who they're playing. But this team can shoot, and that, that can compensate for a lack of talent. And they, they've already won at Washington State this year. Team's in the top 50 at Ken Palm. They won on the road. So they've shown also, like Iona, the ability to get to that level. Um, if they're cold, you're going to have an ugly, ugly bet. They mm -hmm. could lose by 20, like you said. But they're rarely cold. That's the fun part about a team that shoots 45% from deep. And they've got interior uh, guys that can score, too. Dougie Wilson was the conference player of the year two years ago before Max Acemas did it last year. And he's still around two years later. So... They've got interior play. That is wild to think him. that Oral Roberts was the, you know, they made it to the what, Sweet 16 last year, and they're in this conference, and South Dakota State's blowing everybody out. Yep, this team is, it, it, they're, they're great. I mean, they're, they're going to have some athleticism deficiencies, and they haven't won a game in the tournament in the past, but 
the shooting always gives them a chance. Yeah, they, they've they have been there before and uh, have yet to pull it off. But number one in the country in three point shooting percentage. All right, let's run through a couple more teams that that are intriguing just to keep on the radar, ladies and gentlemen, because you know you're kind of giving the edge before that bracket comes out. Chattanooga, the Mocs, took a loss yesterday to UNC Greensboro. Um, what about Chattanooga? Uh, I like that they are. They have the giant killer formula. They play slowly. They can make threes. And they have a Kansas transfer at center that can help them get off. Silvio rebounds. D'Souza. Yep, Silvio D'Souza, the, the old stool thrower, as those may, may know him <laughs> as. Um, but, yeah, they, they do some things that set up well for upsets. They reduce possessions, and they can make threes. TJ Sorrentine, uh, Sorrentine from the parking lot. Uh, he is long gone, I believe an assistant at Brown. I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, but Vermont, John Becker and company, they're hanging around every year. They just win their conference, it feels like. The Catamounts, capable of an Cap upset? Capable. Uh, a little limited athletically. That's that's their flaw. But they're shooting like 47% from deep in conference play. All they do is generate open shots. Their offense has been a complete supernova blowing out the rest of the league. They also have not quite gotten it done in, in a while since they had that, that big upset with Sorrentine, but they've been there a lot, and this team has a lot of experience in the, the returning player of the year, so they're right there. 20 seconds on this next one. Got it done for us yesterday. Well done, Towson. Towson Tigers, good enough to win a game? Yeah, if they're making shots. They, they've always been a team that rebounds really well, both sides of the ball, and their coach finally got shooting this year to complement that. So I, I think they have some upside, but matchup dependent. That's Jim Root. I'm Tim Murray. we got our futures draft coming up. Top of the hour. Stick around. It's the nightcap here on Visa. Take. Take.